0: My name is Chris, and this is my church. Today, I'll be reading from 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hey, Everybody, good morning and uh, welcome. To Christ Community Chapel. Uh, I love, love, love that you're here. There, is so, there are so many good things that are happening at CCC right now, and I'm glad that you're a part of it. Not the least is, is uh, dedicating 35 babies this afternoon. We do two of these a year, and so we dedicate between 70 and 80 babies every year. That's like a, that means that there's like a small church in our nursery And the sound of children, the sound of babies, is the sound of life for a church. So we are so, so grateful. Uh, Welcome, those of you at our e-service, those of you who are tuning in online. Welcome, and of course, welcome to all of you here. All right, Uh, this is the final message of our four-week series. We have been calling our our Breathe Out series. Uh, The Breathe Out series is simply taking what God has done inside of us, And changing the direction and having it impact the people outside of us. And this particular Breathe Out series, we've been focusing on generosity, not financial generosity, but more of like a generosity of the soul. And the idea is to become more generous with our forgiveness, with our encouragement, with our hospitality, today, with our apologies. With our apologies. You know, all the time we are trying to think of ways to to make the truth that you hear on a Sunday last longer than it takes you to walk from here to your car. So we're always looking at different things and we're calling this the Summer of Generosity, hoping that this series will stick with us all the way through the summer. And our communications team has put together a couple things to try to help. One of them is this sticker if you didn't grab one of these, grab it, put it on your refrigerator. I know that in a couple of weeks it's going to fade into the background and you'll forget it's there, but put it there. Every once in a while you will see it and be reminded. But the more important thing, I think, is for you to grab one of these because on the back there is a space for you to put people's names uh, who, are, who come to your mind, God brings to your mind when you think about forgiveness or encouragement or hospitality or apologies. And then as you go through the summer and you live out some of these truths and you impact the people around you, we would love to hear about it. And so you can write your story and just tell us what happened. If you type into your computer ccchapel.com/summer. And we've already heard about different stories like we heard a story this week and somebody took what pastor Zach said last week to heart And they went to their neighbor with some brownies just said, I have not met you. I'm so sorry. We've been living next to each other for two years here. I want to get to know you. All right? Very cool stuff. So anyway, write them in. Now, there are a couple reasons why we are doing this. One is if we all become more generous this summer in those four areas, uh, this community will be healthier and better. That's just true. But the second reason is that you, if you get more generous, you will be healthier and happier. Generous people are happier people. I have never met somebody who is super generous and super crabby, right? They don't really connect. If you are super generous, super crabby, come up to me after the service. I want to meet you, right? But, you know, I said this first service, and a guy came up after the service, and he said, my wife told me to come up. I'm super generous. I'm super crabby. So we talked some, and I said, hey, just think about how crabby you would be if you weren't generous. And he was going, Yeah, that's true. All right, let me start like this. Well, words matter. Your words matter. Words are powerful. They're more powerful than you think, more powerful than you. No. Uh, The writer of Proverbs says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your words have power. I can't get it out of my mind. The story that Pastor Zach told two weeks ago about a young woman who found out that people in her community were ending their lives by jumping off a bridge. And she didn't go there and try to restrain them physically from jumping. What she did was she just wrote a bunch of notes and she put them on the bridge. And six different people went to the police station to say I was going to end my life, but I read this note, and I decided not to. I need help. Your words matter. I remember uh, when Karen and I were newlyweds, uh, the first real fight we got into, and a fight is like a discussion that escalates, you know, a discussion is having differing opinions. A fight is when real pain, real hurt is given, and real hurt is received, right? So we had one of those, and I remember thinking, um, I don't know if I'm ever going to feel the same. I don't know if I'm ever going to have the affection that I, I don't know if we're ever going to be as close as we were. I just couldn't imagine it. And then one of us uh, went to the other and said, listen, I don't wanna live like this. I just wanna tell you I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I said. I'm sorry for what I did, will you forgive me? And it was like magic. It was better than magic. You know how if you break a bone, it heals stronger? That's what happened, I had more affection. I felt closer than I had ever been to Karen, it was amazing, right? And then the next time we had a fight, I feel like I had, a, uh, we, I had a, a, a vial of magic potion in my back pocket. I knew exactly what it would do and I knew that it would work if I apologized, asked for forgiveness, but I didn't. I kept it in my back pocket and I was hurt longer and mad longer than I should have. And the question is, why, why? I started this series, I kicked it off with uh, the sermon on being generous with our forgiveness when somebody has offended us. And then I'm ending it with being generous with apologies, what to do when we have offended other people. Those are like bookends, they're the yin and yang of relationship or fractured relationships. You need them both to really heal. So I'm actually going to use the exact same template for apologies as I use for forgiveness. And just like forgiveness, this is very autobiographical. This is a sermon for me as much as it is for you. But here are my three points. The first is why are apologies so hard and so important? Why are apologies so hard and so important? Number two, how do we apologize? How do we apologize? And finally, what's the secret of being generous with our apologies? All right. First, why are apologies so hard and so important? Um, When I try to think of why I struggle with apologizing, even to my wife, I realize that um, there's something about apologizing that is very humbling. I always feel like when I apologize, I'm I'm up here because usually I'm hurt and I'm angry as well. I'll get to that in a minute. But then in order to apologize, I have to go here. And while that's a a word picture, I I started thinking that really my ego is a lot like a balloon. I inflate and deflate all throughout the day, depending on what's going on. And I know that uh, when I apologize, uh, then I deflate, right? And the the problem with that is that um, when I apologize, I become humble, and when, I, when I'm humble, I am more the size that I really should be, right? You never get humble and go below what you should be. When you are humble, you're exactly the size you should be. But the problem, that's my main problem with apologizing, is that I usually am inflated and it deflates me and I don't like that feeling. But one of the things that makes it difficult, and I'll just go to this relation to my wife and me is that usually when I need to apologize, it's not really clean. I mean, it's, it's usually uh, we've had an argument, I've said something, she said some things, so I'm a little bit hurt. Every time I get hurt, I inflate. and so then I feel like, you know, she, need, she has some stuff to apologize for too, and then I don't know. Really, what I know what I should do, but I don't do it, and I'll get to that in a minute. So that's why it's hard. Now, let me tell you why it's so important. Jesus says something in the Sermon on the Mount. That's his most famous sermon, in Matthew chapters five, six, and seven. And he says something that has always bothered me. Uh, this is what he says, beginning at verse twenty-three. He says, "So if you're offering your gift at the altar." And there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. That always bothered me because, you know, what he's talking about is worship. He's saying if you've come to worship and you know that you have something that is broken in relationship with somebody else, you need to just stop. Don't even just stop worshiping and go get reconciled. And I always think, man, it seems like worship is more important than that. But the verse right before those two verses, Jesus says this, but I say to you that everyone who's angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. Whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. You know, I was thinking, whenever I get to the point Where I would say to you, to your face, you're an idiot. Or I say it behind your back, they're an idiot. Then I have inflated quite a bit. And what Jesus says is you come to worship and you're like this, don't bother. Don't bother. It's not going to help you. In fact, worship might hurt you. It might make you feel more self-righteous. What Jesus says is first, go deflate. Go apologize. Make it right. Okay, that's why it's so important. The other reason why it's so important, so far we've been talking about how hard it is to be the apologizer. There's something that happens with the apologizee that you need to be careful of. When, when someone's hurt, sometimes that hurt can act like a plug in their soul. And that means that every little thing after that just kind of piles up. Little things that might have just flowed through them don't. They just stick. And there are, sometimes they're even imagined grievances that pile. If you've ever had like a confrontation with somebody and all of a sudden they just explode and all this stuff comes flying out, that may be why. That may be why. All right. So that's why apologies are so hard why they're so important, but if apologies are like this secret potion that can actually heal people and heal relationships, the question is, how do we do it? How do we do it? All right, I've made it all the way to my second point without uh, talking at all about the scripture that was read to us. The scripture that was read to us is from 1 John chapter 1, and this is what John says. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now John is talking about when we offend God, when we hurt God. You know, one of the things that I remember reading is that when you break the law of God, it's not so much breaking the law of God, it's breaking the heart of God. So when you hurt God, when you offend God, this is what John says that you do. But he gives us a pattern for when we offend or hurt another person. And this is the pattern. Three steps. Stop it. Say it. Ask for it. Stop it. Say it. Ask for it. First, stop it. Look what he says in verse 8. He says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. One of the things I know that I am great at—I am great at rationalizing, uh, particularly if I if I have hurt somebody. I can say, you know what? I didn't mean that. They shouldn't have taken it like that. Uh, or I was just trying to be funny. Oh, by the way. Oh, no, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, or I could say they hurt me first. Or you know, I didn't. Oh, oh this is a good one for me. Uh, I just said the truth. I just said the truth right? And what the first step is to stop doing that. Stop acting like you haven't done anything that hurt somebody. Uh, You know, I journal every morning, and that's part of my time with God. And I usually rehearse the day before, and that's when I find out kind of who I need to apologize to, probably because in the morning is when I'm the (laughs) the best size that I should be, when I'm before God but God will let me know different people that I have offended. And more often than not, this is we're—it's when I'm trying to be funny. Here's a little tidbit. I remember reading that sarcasm is a particularly uh, type of humor that's been popularized by the English and then the Americans. That, that's our style of humor. But I read a psychologist who said that sarcasm is uh, a dyad, which is two things that are together. And it's uh, anger and humor. That's what the psychologist said. It's anger and humor. Sometimes it can be very funny. And I use sarcasm. It can be funny. And sometimes it can be cutting. Sometimes it can be unintentionally cutting. Sometimes it's intentionally cutting. And so I end up having to go to people and just say, listen, when I said that, I just want you to know I'm sorry. All right? That's the first thing. Stop it. Second thing is say it. He says, confess your sins Now, he doesn't say confess that you're a sinner. He does not say bundle your sins. He said confess it. You have to say it. Be specific when you ask someone or when you tell somebody you're sorry. Tell them what you're sorry for. It doesn't say confess your sins and explain why you did it, which is one of the things I do a lot. Well, I say I'm sorry, but this is why I did it. It just says confess your sins. So you be specific when you say it. And don't don't bring other things in. You, you apologize for your offense and only your offense. Apologi- what I try to think of is apologize for all of something, not part of everything. Apologize for all of something, all that you did. Right. Let the other person do what they need to do. The final thing is to ask for it. It talks about forgiveness. The last step is often... Uh, skipped, which is to ask for forgiveness. When you say, I'm sorry for doing this, and then you say, will you forgive me? There's a silence right there. And that silence is when you are either going to hear from that person who says, I will forgive you, in which case there is tremendous power in that. All right. So, If you're going to ask for, if you're going to apologize, those are your three steps. That's the pattern uh, to stop it, ask or say it, and then ask for it. And then finally, uh, what's the secret of being generous with our forgiveness? Uh, This verse, this is what it says uh, in verse nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is so much there. But one of the things that struck me is that God knows I'm going to offend him. He knows. He knows that I'm going to do things probably every day that will hurt him. And still he says, Joe, no matter what you, I know you're going to do this. I know you're going to sin against me. I know you're going to offend me. But I want you to know when you do, if you apologize, ask for forgiveness, I guarantee I will forgive you every time. Every time. I, this is what I think I think uh, apologizing is like a muscle that you have to use. You, you, Do you know somebody who never, ever apologizes? It's like they've never used that muscle. Oh, quick question. When was the last time you apologized? You may need to use that muscle. The thing I think about Christians, we should be the best at apologizing because we have the safest place to do it every single day, that every day I go to God and I say, God, what have I done? You show me what I've done that I have offended you. I will say, oh, this is something else. Since I've been preparing for this message, when I pray, I don't just ask God for forgiveness. I tell him I'm sorry. I hadn't done that before. It kind of changes when I say, uh, God, I just want you to know, I'm sorry I did this. Will you forgive me? Right? Right? But we get to do it all the time and strengthen that muscle so that we can then go and we get guaranteed, we get used to being this size with God every day, then being this size with other people won't be so painful. But if you have ever gone to somebody and you have done it the right way, where you have uh, done the stop it, say it, ask for it, and they have said no, I will not forgive you. Extremely painful. Very hard. You don't get any smaller than this. And at this point is when Jesus comes to you and he says, I love you deeply. You have obeyed me to do what you have done. And now come into my arms and let me love you. Listen, God wants us to be generous people because God has been generous to us. Let's have this be a summer of generosity in our souls. We can be generous with our forgiveness because we have been forgiven. We can be generous with our encouragement because our words matter, life and death in the power of the tongue. We can be generous with our hospitality because we were once enemies and Jesus made us, friends. We can be generous with our apologies because we are secure and deeply loved. And we are used to apologizing to a God who has guaranteed us to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we all go out there and be generous, two things are going to happen. One is that our entire community will become healthier Our entire community will benefit from our generosity. But the other thing that will happen is that you will become healthier and happier. Maybe the quickest way to be happier this summer is to be generous in every way. Let's do that. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father in heaven, I am so, so grateful. I'm grateful that uh, you are a God that has uh, loved us so much. And you know us so well that you have said to each one of us that I know you will offend me. I know you will sin against me. But if you come to me and ask for forgiveness, I will guarantee because of what Jesus has done that I will forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Lord, I know in a crowd this size, there are a lot of broken relationships. I pray that you would give us the courage and the humility to ask, uh, to say we're sorry, and to ask for forgiveness when we need to. I pray that you will give us the ability to forgive when people come to us and do the same. Make us more generous people because of your generosity to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.